my mouth and the meditation of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. And this morning I'm continuing a series I started last week. I'm asking the question, what is faith? As I said last week, the nature of the church seems to be changing, as is the nature of our question. Faith used to be a given, and it's changing some places faster than others. If you go down south in this country, people still will often ask you where you go to church. They don't ask if you go to church. The question has been, and this used to be true across the country, but now it's just down south. Now, where do you go to church? It's roughly equivalent to that old St. Louis question, where do, you, where do you go to high school? And church was a given, and where you went to church said something about your social location, your theology, maybe even your party. And I grew up out west where things are changing fast, and then I lived for a long time in California. Out there, people don't ask, where do you go to church? Instead, they ask surprised, wait, you go to church? <laughs> Question mark. Now, faith is not a given anymore. And questioning your faith doesn't make you the pariah it once did. Now, as a professional preacher, I probably shouldn't say this, but I think the decline of given faith might be a good thing. Questioning your faith can be a very good thing. If you have doubts, hold on to them. Don't let them go quickly. Work them over. Doubts are important. Doubts cause us to ask questions. I don't think God wants us to simply swallow the faith we've been handed. God wants us to wrestle. We're created with the capacity for reason. If you have doubts, embrace them. Work them over. Ask why. The view of God and the world that can emerge, the faith that can come through wrestling doubt, is often subtler, more durable, and frankly more useful in a crisis. Now, the gospel this morning, really all of our readings this morning, are pretty heavy, especially for a summer Sunday. Jesus is angry. Do you think I have come to bring peace? No, I tell you, but division, exclamation point. It's a strong statement. I think Jesus is trying to wake people up. Do you think this is simple? Do you think God in your lifetime is going to clean up all of your messes, all of our messes? Will all the questions be answered? Jesus needs you to doubt that kind of simplistic faith. Unitarian minister and abolitionist Theodore Parker coined a phrase that Dr. King often used and he refined while he worked for civil rights. It's a well-known phrase. It goes like this. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. The arc of the moral universe is long, but it bends towards justice. God's work can sometimes feel painstakingly slow. The work of liberation often takes much longer than it should. 
Faith is for the difficult times. Faith is for the hard slogs. There's a reason our presiding bishop's favorite tagline in his sermons and in his prayers is, keep the faith. Oftentimes, we need reminding. Faith is for keeping, and it's not always easy. There are moments of breakthrough. Moments after climbing out of the pool this week, Simone Manuel looked at a camera and said, all glory to God. She's the first African-American woman ever to win an individual gold medal in swimming in the Olympics. Now, when athletes express religion on TV, I always get a little bit nervous. Tim Tebow used to make my eyes cross. <laughs> Apparently he's gonna play baseball and do it some more. Faith in athletics usually seems to come when the touchdown is scored or the game is won. Faith, it seems, is for the victors. The kind of religion that is most often displayed during professional sports doesn't leave a lot of room for doubt or for failure. But Simone Manuel both praised God this week and questioned the status quo. In an interview after winning that gold, she said that her medal meant a lot with what is going on in the world today, some of the issues like police brutality. This win hopefully brings hope and change to some of the issues that are going on. My color just comes with the territory. See, a few years ago, Simone wouldn't have been allowed in a public pool in St. Louis. She wouldn't have been allowed to train. There's an old stereotype that African-Americans can't swim. Well, it's hard to learn when you're not allowed to go into the pool. But little black girls in swim classes today have a new role model, a now multiple medalist. And you know what? It's not just little black girls that can look up to her. She's a champion for all God's children to admire. To swim that well, given what she's faced, took faith. It took guts. Stay with me. I'm going to turn now. I want to spend most of my sermon this morning talking about the faith of another woman of color. See, tomorrow is the feast day of St. Mary the Virgin. It also happens to be Ellis and my anniversary of our legal wedding on the feast of St. Mary the Virgin, which always makes me giggle. <laughs> St. Mary the Virgin, the mother of Jesus. And don't worry, I used to preach about Mary in a historic Episcopal church in downtown Washington, D.C. On the outside of our early American building were six-inch tall letters that proclaimed that we were Protestant. I know some of you believe yourselves to be in a Protestant Episcopal church this morning. I still preach about Mary every once in a while. I love Mary. She's an example, an incredible example of faith. Somehow, in the aftermath of the Reformation, the Romans ended up with Mary. Catholics are supposed to adore the mother of Jesus, and Protestants are supposed to be suspicious about her. I mean, have you seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun? I know that reference dates me. And the scene where Diane Lane's character talks about Mary and she's just bought this huge, beautiful, run-down villa in Tuscany. And the master bedroom came with a bed. And the headboard included an icon, a giant icon of the Virgin Mary. 
At first, Lane's character isn't exactly thrilled about Mary standing watch over her bed. She's newly single, after all. Who needs a judgy Mary in your headboard? (laughs) Then one night, Lane's character is woken by a violent thunderstorm. She finds herself grateful for Mary's company. Mary stands over her through the night. And she did it, in the words of the character, knowing full well I'm not a Catholic. So if you find yourself drawn to Mary, it's okay, really. You don't have to start praying the rosary if you don't want to. But if you want to, let's talk. I think Mary is one of the most helpful images of what it means to have faith. Mary helps us understand that real faith takes risks. Somehow, a pregnant teenage girl, a girl who could have been stoned to death because she was not yet married and yet was pregnant, somehow this young girl kept the faith. In the midst of it all, Mary found a way to proclaim the greatness of the Lord, to allow her spirit to rejoice. Mary had a faith that wasn't easy, it wasn't simple. Her faith was deep enough that she knew. She knew that the socially unacceptable child she would birth would knock the mighty down from their thrones and lift up the humble and poor. Lori Gudim is a lay Episcopalian from Fort Collins. She wrote a few years ago on a blog that I sometimes follow, The Daily Episcopalian. She wrote about Mary. She wrote out of frustration about the passive, submissive vision of Mary we so often hear in the church. We don't need that fake Mary, she wrote. We need the real Mary. We need her guts, her willingness to turn aside from everything her family had planned for her. We need the Mary who went on to live a multidimensional life, being a wife and raising children in the home of her spouse, a man who also listened well to God. We need to envision her having bad days and screaming at the kids, being terrified and mortified, feeling powerless and enraged. And then we need to envision her moments of wild, exuberant joy, how she hummed as she baked bread early in the morning, how she laughed with her girlfriends and cousins, and how she raised Jesus and his siblings in a boisterous Jewish household, teaching Jesus what she could about love. Mary lived what was, in many ways, a very ordinary and very difficult life. In the midst of that life, her faith allowed her to see God's hand at work. For Mary, Jesus was not some benign, smiling shepherd. Jesus was gritty. She knew. She changed his diapers. She was there when they executed him. I think we need the faith of Mary, gritty faith, real faith, faith that sees you through the difficult and ugly moments of life. In the letter to the Hebrews this morning, after all of that gruesome description about what happens to the saints, finishes a long section on the faith of our ancestors. It includes that great phrase, we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. You might notice that the hymns this morning make it seem like we're on All Saints Day. We did that on purpose. These readings bring us to all of the saints. 
Our faith is the faith of Mary, the gritty faith of a young unwed mother. Our faith is the faith of Simone Manuel, who overcame history and the odds and won gold. Our faith is the faith of Oscar Romero, the faith of Desmond Tutu, the faith of Dorothy Stang, a nun murdered by Brazilian ranchers for her activism to save the Amazon. Our faith has been shared by countless saints and sinners, remembered and hidden, who have kept the faith in some of the most difficult circumstances imaginable. Our faith is shared by countless women and men who have changed the course of history, who have left behind a world that was a little more loving, more peaceful, more just. When he described faith as the opiate of the masses, Karl Marx was not describing these folks. The saints of God are gritty. Their faith is real. As St. Augustine said, it should not seem small that we consider ourselves part of one body with the people of faith like these. As the theologian Elizabeth Johnson wrote, the adventure of faith of the saints opens a way for us. When we pray that Eucharistic prayer, when we come here to church each morning, when we immerse ourselves in these scriptures and hold on to the faith that has been passed down to us, we are surrounded by the faithful lives of so many who gave not less than everything. Jesus' words this morning are not simply the grumpy words of a beleaguered prophet. Jesus' words remind us that faith is not only about peace and comfort. Faith often comes with doubts. God can handle your doubts. And faith sees you through the difficult times. Faith is for those who, with God, are bending the moral arc of the universe toward justice. Jesus' words today remind us that faith is gritty, that faith is real. Keep the faith. Amen.